Hi, and welcome back to the Afterward podcast, Not anymore. maybe, or the CFC podcast. Farewell, Afterward. I don't know. Whatever we're going to call this, we'll it, on the sermon stream, it'll probably still show up as Afterward, but we're, oh. uh, okay. just, so, to, just so you know, we are planning on, uh, this is important, if you've enjoyed listening <laughs> to the Afterward, uh, we are planning to move this away from the sermon stream into like a new podcast stream. Why we'll try to have wait a minute. Can you so imagine how many losers we're going to we're going to how many losers? Yeah, how many going to call people? How many listeners we will lose? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Do you I'm think? That. <laughs> yeah. So, so if <laughs> I subscribe to the CFC Sermons podcast, I need to subscribe to a new podcast now. That is, is the that correct? Plan. Okay. Yes, because otherwise we just have to make. Well, this is yes. going to go in, per, in perpetuity. Right. So, so we are Ryan's moving hand motions. Right? I will, I will move. There will be an I will try to put an announcement in the uh, what's that thing? Midweek, Mid-week. announcements. Social media. So, we do we use those sometimes? Okay, we'll we'll try to do things where you're aware of that and where you can get to it easily without having to search for it right now while you're driving around or walking. But it'll just be one more thing for you to subscribe to. One more thing, and one more thing that you can hopefully look forward to updating. That's right on a semi regular basis every other week or so. That's right, and and. The kind of the preview of coming attractions, the plan, uh, now that we have, we've spent uh, over a year walking through the Bible and through every book of the Bible and talking about sermons and walking through that, the regular plan is to turn from uh, the drama, the story of Scripture, to look at doctrine. So we're going to spend a little time looking at our statement of faith, uh, and our hope is to, kind of like we've been doing, release an episode every couple weeks or so, um, we'll probably have some episodes where we break out and talk through other things that come up in the life of our church, and and honestly, today is one of those uh, one of those reasons a reason why we're not just jumping straight into the statement of faith, and that's because of the release of the SBC Sexual Abuse Task Force report. Um, I'm sure many of you are aware. If you're a member, you should have received an email from Bart about uh, this report. It's a third party investigation on the executive committee of the SBC. Uh, it was a, a really tough report to read uh, to look through. Uh, sadly, there's a lot of things that in there that we were already aware of that people who've kind of been following this have had already seen and heard about. Uh, there were a few new things that came to light that we mourn over, and, and that letter that Bart sent out addressed this in, in large measure, and I, I appreciate you sending that out, Bart, but uh, we thought it might be good to spend a little more time talking about it here, giving some more clarification to what's going on, why it's going on, uh, even why what we are praying and thinking about regarding our own participation in the SBC as a church. So, um Bart, I know that that many people who may be listening to this, many people who read, you know, uh, uh, heard something, and it was in it was a major media news, not just yeah. in like Baptist life, but just oh, yeah. national news. Uh, maybe you read the Russ Moore article that was in Christianity Today, but for a lot of people, you're they're hearing about this for the first time now. So could, but this is not the first time this has come up. So not at all. could could you just give a brief history or timeline of what's led up to the report that was just released? Sure, this is something that's been percolating in some ways um, in terms of events and then also storyline um, for 20 years, I guess. Um, but obviously, abuse is always with us in, in a lot of ways, um, tragically. So, um, but but kind of things came to, a, I'd say, ahead in a number of ways. Uh, several years ago, was I don't know if it was 2018, maybe, or 2019. 19, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Houston Chronicle did uh, some investigative reporting they have a pretty famous kind of picture with the number of uh, individuals who were uh, accused, credibly accused, some convicted, a range there of ministers in churches 
that had committed some act of abuse or, again, were credibly accused of some act of abuse. Um, and then the, the, a lot of the report was um, about ministers moving from one church to another. Um, and so, and, and these, some of these were stretched back to, I know one of them, 1989, I, I remember um, one, of them, one of the particular instances I read about. So you would have potentially people who have committed some act of abuse in one congregation they are dismissed um, or just resign or just sort of fade into, you know, uh, into the background and then move three states away, four states away, and then may, you know, in all likelihood, perpetrate the same sort of abuse in a different congregation. So some of that was highlighted in that piece. Um, that then led to a lot more conversations in the SBC as a whole um, and really highlighted in, in a way a, a weakness of SBC polity. When we say polity, we just mean structure. Yeah, we'll uh, talk so about how things are organized. Two minutes. Um, so um, SBC polity kind of highlight a, a weakness in that because there is no real central clearinghouse uh, where, you know, for example, there's no central clearinghouse that ordains pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. So all of us um, have been ordained in of. In a, by an individual church. So, Nick, you were ordained by? Christ Fellowship Church. church. Ryan. Uh, the Christ Fellowship Church. And I was ordained by the Hopewell Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, so that's just how, kind of how that works, um, where in different denominations, it, it, it looks obviously differently. So, um, as I said, that was compounded by, um, you know, churches just kind of letting them go uh, into various places. Um and then the Me Too movement, I think, has had some impact on this, um, just culturally, socially, um, helped raise awareness to what is an ancient problem. So, it just kind of gave more people the confidence to speak absolutely. out about something that they yes. always felt. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because I think in the church it can be, well, are you really going to speak against these people? Yeah, sure. Uh, and so, people who are in power, um, and we think about ministerial power. Uh, and, and I just mean by that, like the influence that one has, yeah. uh, that's terrifying and can be absolutely terrifying to challenge, you know? Um, so, sure. uh, the church is a place that is ripe for abuse in, 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 in certain ways. If, if things are, if certain policies are not in, in place and of course, even then it can still happen, obviously you you can't, there's no way to completely prevent things like this. The question is how you handle it. Yeah, you know uh, that's that's or that's a major question, I should say. So um, that in, that awareness. So the report comes out. There's more awareness. There's more talk, more conversation. That was increased by um, at one point there was a conference dealing with abuse put on by the uh, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which is an SBC entity or part of the SBC. Um, so that was spotlighted or highlighted. Uh, that was not appreciated mm -hmm. by certain people within, it seems uh, clear, within the what, the what they call the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, which is really uh, kind of the financial organizational center of the Southern Baptist Convention. They promote the SBC. They communicate SBC matters. They distribute funds. So for lack of a better word, it's the bureaucracy yeah. that exists to kind of facilitate everything else, all the ministry that goes on. So it's not the it's not the International Mission Board, it's not the North American Mission Board, it's not the six seminaries, but it again it's taking those funds and allocating them and doing some other things. So um 
that conference highlighted, um, for example, uh, there was a woman who uh, was the subject of abuse, and that story and the story of that abuse. Um, let me just back up. That abuse was it seemed to be handled rightly when it came to light mm-hmm. by Al Mohler, um In in one instance, um, this is the, the, this is one instance of of many or whatever. Yeah. But that instance was handled rightly in the, from the front side. Well, then when it kind of came to uh, discussing that, publishing a story about it, about that person being fired and so forth that did that perpetrated perpetrated the abuse. Well, it was communicated as consensual, not as an instance of abuse. So there's a whole lot of back, you know, kind of back channel argumentation about that and getting that right. Well, that was highlighted at that conference. Uh, that that was not handled correctly, uh, and that that was obviously painful to that individual, to that to that sister in Christ. Um, and so there were a number of people in that executive committee that were angry that the, the dirty laundry was aired, really. Mm-hmm. It led it back and forth, accusations. So it's the longer lead-up uh, to kind of what's happened. So all of that came to a head last year at the annual meeting where – the messengers, and when I say messenger at an annual meeting, it just means representatives from individual churches. So we sent twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, so we voted on that. And we sent uh, Nick was part of that. Ryan was part of that. Uh, but it's not just the pastors that go. Um, so um, the Garnets went. My case, man. Yeah. So some individuals Musgraves, from our yeah. from our church Lines, yeah. went. Um, and about twenty thousand. That's just a rough ballpark figure. About twenty thousand people at the annual meeting. Um, I'm not can't remember the exact number of messengers. Yeah, about seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. So some people attend who are not maybe messengers or whatever. But so seventeen thousand people are voting. Let's put it that way. Um, and there was a motion. It was it was clear ahead of time there was going to be this motion that was announced ahead of time. And that's actually why we one of the reasons we sent so many people sent our maximum right, Ryan. Yeah, that was the maximum we, we could send. So we attend. There's a motion to to investigate these matters that that I just discussed. And it was overwhelmingly approved. I don't know, 90. You don't get exact numbers. It wasn't a ballot vote. vote. Oh, excuse me, it wasn't a counted vote. It's just you raise your ballot. Raise your hand, yeah. And yeah. it's so obvious that the majority had it that the motion carried. And I right. would say it was 90%, something like that, 95%. So. Yeah. Um, and that motion was to conduct an, ind- as Ryan mentioned, a third-party independent investigation. Uh, we all voted for that. Investigation uh, of the executive committee, sorry, and how they had handled that's right. certain right. allegations of that's right for the past, basically for the past twenty years, right? Right, twenty so years, from, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, or that's no, right. twenty. Yeah, I'm sorry, two thousand, two thousand. You're right. Yeah, uh, to, the year two thousand. Yeah, Y two K. Yeah. So, um, and then so that carried, and part of that motion, just a little sidebar, almost part of that motion was. Uh, uh, encouraging or saying, I guess, demanding. I think requiring, yeah. Requiring, I guess. Yeah, requiring the waiving of attorney-client privilege within the – so people that were being investigated. So, in other words, yep. you could get to their emails. You could get to whatever. Um, that was resisted about a couple of months after the motion passed. So the investigation starts to go or, you know, they're kind of preparing to do that. And so that was also an issue. But, again, the trustee – in that, the trustees prevailed – um, in waiving attorney-client privilege or demanding that attorney-client privilege be waived. So all that being said, October, kind of the investigation began in earnest, and what was released on May 22nd was that 
really unfettered investigation, uh, which is painful, but we believe it's what we voted for and believe that it would be best for victims, best for uh, progress, best for accountability, best for um, whether that's you know punishment, with, you know, whatever, whatever that entails. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sorry, it's a long. No, you're fine. You're background. fine. It's 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 tough to get to like some of this is just it's te- technical in some ways. So one one thing I wanted to ask just for again, uh, maybe maybe the three of us in the room, although know about SBC polity pretty well. Although I I e- actually emailed somebody at the Alabama State Board of Missions one time just to mm-hmm. ask a question and they uh they said you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and they said well <laughs> do you need a phone call to kind of learn about how this polity stuff works um so i'm assuming that so you're gonna tell uh, us how it works no bart is <laughs> but we're gonna all get a lesson from the only graduate of an sbc seminary in this room mm-hmm. which is bart so uh any way you could give I don't know. A three-time graduate. <laughs> That's true. Uh, a three- to five-minute lesson in okay. SBC polity that kind of helps make sense of why, why you can't just do something like um, why this takes so long, why there's not just like a, a simple mm-hmm. implement all this, all you churches go. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start my own illustration along those lines. I was talking about this uh, with someone last week, just the report, uh, someone who's been in the SBC for a long time, and they were mad that the SBC wouldn't just ban churches from hiring ministers who've committed abuse in the past. And that seems utterly reasonable. Um, it's hard to imagine, you know, a, a Walmart manager who embezzles money, you know, at one store, then hopping over two towns yeah. and being hired by Walmart for the exact same position. So why doesn't that work in the church? But it's not actually possible uh, in the SBC, Sort of. It's what I would. It's what I would say. Sure. There's there's some qualifications that need to be made there, but there are denominations that do work in a top down authority kind of structure, um, and where there are decisions made, say up there, by certain people, usually ordained ministers, mm-hmm. that then trickle down to individual churches and have the force of authority. Um, you know, have have authority attached to it. The SBC though is actually the opposite, um, which is that churches, really authority goes upward, not downward. That's, that's maybe the best way to say it. Authority comes from individual churches. So 47,000 participating churches send messengers. Uh, now, how many churches send messengers? I don't know. Yeah. 5,000, 10,000 churches. No, like probably that. not in that, actually. So it's several thousand churches actually send messengers, go to the trouble of doing it. But send messengers to the annual meeting. So last year was in Nashville. This year's in Anaheim. It goes all around the country. Uh, they send messengers to vote and direct the SPC as a whole. So the individual churches spread throughout the country gather with as individual messengers and direct the SPC. And so they approve things like the top-line budget um, in terms of how the money is allocated, so 50% to the IMB or whatever. They make statements about moral issues, ethical issues, and things like that. Um, but those don't have force. They just make statements. And then and so those are generally called what? Resolutions. Right. Yeah. So there will always be 8, 10, 12 resolutions that uh, yeah. are made. Which is just essentially saying, we want to be on record saying we yeah. think this about yeah, this we, matter. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they demand investigations. That, that's possible. That's rare, but that's what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they always elect officers. Um, so a president, vice president, some other things like that. They don't really direct decisions about every little matter. So when I say, okay, they're meeting together to direct the SBC, 
So, you know, we're not saying the IMB's got to spend their money over here. That's actually an IMB decision, but that is really made by a president of the IMB who is directed by trustees. Yeah. yeah. So what is a key part of what the messenger doing messengers are doing is electing a president and electing trustees. Right. Who then oversee those individual what to call entities. So again, the IMB, North American Mission Board, each individual seminary. So those trustees are then responsible to hold those presidents, vice presidents, professors accountable, really. Um, so, um, so again, that's how it kind of works from the bottom up. Now, that means there's inherent limitations to that, which it takes time, takes participation, takes patience. You just can't turn it on a dime, yeah. uh, I think is, is the way I would put it. Um, and importantly, it doesn't allow, um, you know, the – again, the top level, to direct anything to, say, our church. They could kick us out. Right. Uh, if we deny the faith, we say, you know, we, we actually deny the Trinity. Well, they could and should, actually, uh, say, you know what, you are not a cooperating church any longer. Yeah. Uh, you are not holding to the faith. Uh, or if we were harboring abusers, they right. should kick us out. Now, again, that will take time, and I think there's actually some recommendations in this in that this report released that will facilitate that. And should, and I think that's a good, healthy thing. Um, so I think certainly every church, we, we actually believe, in terms of Baptist polity or structure, we believe that the church is autonomous, but that can be that can be misunderstood. We should recognize individually as a church. We should recognize that Christ is the head of this church. Um, so I think Malcolm Yarnell, I saw he's a professor at a Southern Baptist Seminary. He said it's really not about Baptist, it's not about church autonomy. <laughs> he said it's about uh, church Christonomy. So Christ is the head uh, of every church, and we need to keep that in mind. Um, but you know, we we should we should have no we have no right or no we should not be considered a church in friendly cooperation as a Southern Baptist church if we're again denying the faith if we're denying the faith by our actions. Um, so we should be kicked out um, if we're doing that. Uh, like I said, just to, but it means there's some limitations um, to to those sorts of things. Just, the, the the reforms may take time. Um, but I, I would say it can happen, though. Um, sure. And so I think about so the, the history of the, the Southern Baptist Convention was pretty liberal in the uh, mid the 60s, uh, 70s even. And there was a movement to change the direction of the SBC to a more conservative. And when I say conservative, I don't mean politically conservative. I mean believing the Bible. Bible-believing. Yeah, Bible-believing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to move the... Uh, for example, if you look in the early late '60s, early '70s, the SBC was actually on record as pro-choice. Mm-hmm. There are it's pretty staggering resolution uh, resolutions, yeah, resolutions that are that say that that is the statement of the SBC this year at this meeting is we are pro-choice. That's right, um, but of course that's not the case any longer. Right, um, but but again, there were broader issues. There were issues really just of denying the truthfulness and the inerrancy and the inspiration of Scripture. So that was changed over time. And, you know, when I went to Southern Baptist Seminary in the year 2000, um, you know, all my professors were conservative, again, Bible-believing. They taught the Bible. Um, and so I went to seminary to relatively low-cost uh, professors who taught the Bible. Uh, that's across the board, SBC seminaries right now. I mean, you can go and, and uh, for example, Billy uh, has mm-hmm. attended. Um, you know, Billy had the opportunity to take, for example, Tom Schreiner, uh, who is, I would say, uh, one of the absolute best New Testament scholars in the world. Yeah. Uh, we've actually sat with Tom Schreiner um, in a 
fairly smaller setting. Uh, at Shaco Springs. Springs, of all things. Um, <laughs> camping. What a time. Yeah, and just heard him teach through Hebrews. Um, and so that exists now. Uh, yeah. IMB only appoints Bible-believing Christians to spread the gospel throughout the world. Um, so, But it takes time um, to do that, and it takes the courage also to correct um, and the humility to say, you know what, we're going in the wrong direction here. We need to do something you know, fundamentally different. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of quick polity questions. I'm going off mm-hmm. script here. Um, so you hear it say sometimes that the Southern Baptist Convention only exists as a convention for two days out of the year. Yeah, right. So explain to people maybe what that means in particular, Bart. So like, um, yeah, what, what does that mean? Like we are a Southern Baptist Convention. We are affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention but someone says, well, that only exists for two days out of the year. Sure. What does that exactly mean? Yeah, it only convenes, so convention. Yep. Uh, it only convenes twice or me, for two days. Yeah. So, and then that's where all that business Thursday we morning, just talked about. I'm about Tuesday morning to a Wednesday evening. Um, and so, but, but again, there are, there are decisions made that are then carried out through the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, that's just, I think, the best way to put it. And yeah. so the executive committee is directed to do things. Uh, again, trustees are there. So these individual entities clearly exist year-round. So Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, International Mission Board, and so forth. Um, but those trustees, again, are holding those individual institutions or entities accountable uh, through, again, the election of a president of each individual institution, things right. like that. And the, yeah. the messengers can say something like, I think we, so this is mm-hmm. uh, four years ago, maybe even five I think that we need to investigate the spending of this money at a certain seminary. Yeah. And you're, the trustees are the ones who, you, you can say that, but you, the trustees are the ones who actually carry that out. Yeah. Right. Yep. So right. Uh, the, the messengers direct, the trustees kind of take, not all, but a lot of their yeah. marching orders and then have to go do that before the next year. And then they come back for the next year. And say, here's our report. And, and yeah. so that's why you're saying it takes a while to, yeah. Yeah. to move on. Yeah, this things. report is it's not coincidental that it was released. It was demanded at the last one. Mm-hmm. It's released before this one, yeah. um, before this meeting. And so now yeah. you can act on it. Um, and again, there are, I think, seven recommendations at the end, something like that, of that report. Um, and I suspect that there will be people who make motions Basically along those lines, yeah, um, and then they'll debate that and so forth. That, uh, and then the president again is elected. The president of the Southern Baptist Convention. It's just a side note. Doesn't again tell the individual churches what to do, but they do appoint trustees to certain things, who then <laughs> who then appoint trustees or who recommend trustees. So, uh, really, the the power of the presidency is they're just conducting that meeting, but then through the year they are acting as a spokesman in some sense, and then also um, they are appointing some key trustees. Yeah, so one other question is we think about kind of like you've said, uh, the bottom-up nature mm-hmm. of leadership and or, or the way that authority um, works in the SBC. Compare that to our church, a congregation. Congregational authority resides in the membership, That's correct? Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they elect elders. Yeah who they delegate authority to, to lead and shepherd our congregation. But ultimately, the 15 elders aren't in charge of the church in terms of like their decisions are the decisions no matter what. That's right. But it's the congregation that That's votes. Right. Yeah, it votes on those men, and then the elders are constantly putting decisions in the hands of the church. So we're kind of helping 
carry out the day-to-day business and then bringing decisions to the church to so it, it kind of parallels it reflects in, in that way so yeah. the the national polity really reflects in some in a lot of ways the individual polity of churches and so we would say we are congregationally we have congregational authority but elder led yeah um, and so congregational rule maybe, yeah congregational rule um, we're elder led so budget for example the entire church votes on that. Now, the yeah. elders recommend that budget, um, but also our elders are voted in by the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, when we when we conduct discipline in our church, the elders will recommend something, but it is ultimately, and we believe this comes straight out of First uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians five and other places um, where authority is delegated to the congregation. Matthew right. eighteen as tell well. Tell to the church. Tell to the whole church, and then the church acts. Um, so, uh, yeah, we actually believe that it reflects the very nature uh, of the ch- the individual church. Yeah, good questions. Um, I know that uh, we've probably all had some feedback. Just Bart, what kind of feedback have you received concerning the report from church members and other people who you've talked to about it? Uh, you know, disappointment, sorrow, anger, disgust, confusion. You know, yeah. I think those are probably some all things that I think a good Christian should feel. Um, and begin based on level of knowledge or stuff, you know, that, that's going to affect the depths of those, or again, the surprise of those, I guess you should say. Uh, I wasn't personally shocked by some of the things in the sense that I've been tr- tracking it all along. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially Russell Moore released a letter back in re- early June of last year. Um, that he had written to the exec- executive committee, and it identified almost all these issues. And so if you read that letter, which was fairly long, I think you knew kind of what was coming. Uh, and that's also why we voted and said third-party independent investigation because the facts of his letter were disputed yep. uh, by the executive, by some in the executive committee, I should say, not all. Um, and therefore, we said, hey, let's get to the truth of that. I, that's really all that was, that motion was last year was, well, let's see who's telling the truth. And let's investigate it and see. Um, and what really, you, what you find, if, if you read that whole 288-page document, um, is that several lawyers uh, within the SBC Executive Committee worked for years to limit liability for the convention as a whole and through obstacles in the way of solutions uh, when they were sought or suggested. And so what they really did was they hid behind the polity um, and instead of protecting victims of abuse, say, well, we can't do anything because these are autonomous churches. Yeah. Our hands are tied. Uh, but privately, they were keeping a list uh, and had knowledge of some of these. Um, and so uh, I will say, though, that since the ball has started rolling, uh, and I would just say you can kind of start the clock last year at the annual meeting uh, with an investigation, some of those um, individuals, some of them retired long ago, but another resigned in October. Uh, the leader of the executive committee, uh, president of the executive committee, resigned. A number of the trustees who defended them quit when they lost that vote in October. Uh, and I think the trustee board as a whole right now, as best I can tell, is seeking to do the right things. And so just in the last week or so, they've issued an apology to certain victims, uh, especially the victim I mentioned where the story had been incorrectly um, shaped to suggest consensual rather than abuse, abusive situation. 
they published a list of known abusers that, again, that were trying to, uh, that were privately known but being collected. Uh, that came out, I guess, a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've discussed what restitution looks like for victims, what punishment uh, looks like. And these are ongoing conversations. These will right, be way down the line, I would think. Um, but, you know, what does it look like to take away any kind of retirement benefits? You know, and I know there will be legal questions um, for those kind of things that you know, are way beyond what, I, what I'm aware of. But um, not saying the work is in is complete in any sense, but definitely encouraged. Um, and as I mentioned, there will be, I'm sure, action on the recommendations at the end of that report, um, which I generally was, you know, uh, encouraged to see. And so I'm confident that those will pass overwhelmingly. Yep. Um, so Ryan and we have Ryan and Jared are going, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'll prayerfully consider whatever's put before. Yeah. Uh, I do. I want to get to talking about kind of our church involvement at one point, but n- before we do that, Nick, I wanted to come to you just about uh, again personal kind of reaction to this. So even this past Sunday, we instead of doing a prayer of confession, which we do fifty Sundays a year almost, uh, uh, other than baptism and a few instances like this, we did a prayer of lament. Um, and it wasn't only due to this incident. There was the the uh, horrific school shooting last week. There was a shooting in Buffalo um, the week before that. But but why take time to why, why change that you sculpt our liturgy so much so how do you how do you why do that and how do you hope that christians might use prayers like the one you prayed this sunday uh in instances like this yeah i, I would i would think maybe once or twice a year we'll do this lament prayer uh, and it's usually prompted by something significant that's happened uh sometimes i um let's see the the sunday we presented with compassion international um Billy actually led a prayer of lament, lament for, you know, why there needs to be a Compassion International, why there needs to be people caring for, for the underprivileged or orphans or widows or anything. Uh, and so we kind of, we try to be strategic with that. Um, but as we think about uh, a book like the Psalms, you know, a third of the Psalms are lament Psalms. Some of those are individual, like private, personal lament. Some of those are, are corporate in nature. Uh, but uh, if that much of the Psalms are laments, and if we're supposed to use the Psalms for, for helping us pray, then it seems like that should be a, a type of prayer that comes somewhat naturally or at least somewhat regularly in our lives. And so um, I personally, this isn't like a, a, a rule that's written down somewhere in the Bible or in my uh, in my plans for, for, for structuring the liturgy, but I try to use something from the Psalms in almost every single worship service, whether that is us singing a Psalm, reading a verse or two, reading a whole Psalm, um, something. So yeah, you know, it doesn't always happen, but it, it almost always happens. Um, and if that's the case, then it should be that laments should probably be showing up from time to time. And so um, I was actually having a, a conversation with uh, an incoming member um, they said something about our worship, and they said something to the effect of, "I I feel like it's I'm allowed to come in and cry, mm-hmm. uh, and like that's no, nobody thinks anything of it." Yeah. Um, and this person has been walking through something pretty difficult, uh, and so you know I was just responding and saying, "Yeah, we want the space for emotionally honest worship." Uh, because the Bible gives us space for that. God gives us space for that. And so the passage we use to kind of call us to lament Psalm 142, it talks about, I, I, I make my complaint to the Lord. Like yeah. I come to complain to God. It doesn't sound like worship, 
But the Bible is saying that, that it, like, well, where else should you go with it? Like, yeah. where, what would you just go and complain to your friends? You go and complain somewhere else. And God's saying, come and complain to me. I can take it. I can handle it. Come and tell me what's going on. And so uh, we just want to give space for that. We want to give space for emotionally honest worship. Uh, we don't want to paper over the, the fact that um, people have had hard weeks wrestling through some of this information, whether it's the stuff with the SBC or thinking about their own kids or thinking about their own family members, thinking about their friends, um, whatever that looks like. We, we don't want to just like ignore that and then say, let's come to worship, feel good, and move mm. on. No, like yeah. that's not, that's not uh, emotionally honest living, and so it wouldn't be emotionally honest worship either. And so, um, so that's why we, we made the decision to do that and kind of try to include multiple different things that happened over the course of a, a pretty, pretty rough week. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. where we went with that. It's good. And even, even beyond that, uh, I know at one point we had songs kind of chosen and ended up plugging in Change refuge songs, of man. my weary soul, I sure. think, um, just to, mm-hmm. uh, to accentuate that. So thank you for, uh, helping us think through processing some stuff really well. Sure. Appreciate that. Uh, Bart, what are the things, uh, turning and thinking just more about our church, uh, what are the things that we are talking about, that we're thinking about, uh, praying about, to make sure that our church is one that does care well for people, uh, both to prevent abuse on the front end and then and to help those uh, who have experienced abuse in our church, which we, we know there are people who, yeah. uh, at a church this size, and even just in our own capacity as pastors, we know that this is a reality um, for people in our yep. church. Well, I mean, you've been responsible for as much as... Um Anything on this, I think, just in terms of especially the thing with children. Sure. Um, so, um, but I mean, we ha- we just, I really think a lot of this is so downstream from doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't believe that power uh, needs to be concentrated in any single individual uh, because we believe that anybody can fall and that nobody is Jesus. <laughs> um, and so... Um, we all need Jesus, so you know that that actually explains, in some ways, the multiple elder, um, you know, structure. I think of the Bible. Um, it's even why, um, even in some some systems of government um, yeah. that are influenced by Christian principles, um, that there is a, a concern about the concentration of power. Yeah. Um, so, um, so multiple elders is part of that. Um, that doesn't fix it alone. Um, but we we can't even in our bylaws, um, which I'm sure everyone in our church is well read Absolutely. on our bylaws. Um, so, but we cannot have uh, a majority of staff as elders. So, if we were to have 15 elders or even 15 pastors, uh, well, it wouldn't work because we wouldn't call them that. Um, yeah. So, um, they couldn't outnumber though right. those that are serving in a non-staff capacity. Uh, we do that so that we can't really just protect ourselves, um, you know, and so I should be able to lose a vote. Uh, our our whole staff should be able to collude on something and lose a vote. Yep. Um, you know, because the others say, nope, that's not that's not right, that's not good, um, that's not wise, whatever. Um, so that that's, that's one thing. Um, we want to be careful about how we meet with people, you know, um, and so uh, aware of our own, um, you know, Again, sinful abilities, you know, in terms of fallen abilities uh, or fallen nature. Um, so, um, child protection policies. I mean, you could speak to that. I mean, that's um, that may seem laborious. That may seem 
Um, oh, you know, I would never do that. Well, you know, 99% would never do that, yeah. you know, um, that are truly born again. Um, but, you know, when we admit people to membership, Nick leads that, um, that's not infallible. Um, discipline's a real thing. Um, and so um, we want to make sure that we account, again, for fallenness. It's all this is. It's really just taking seriously the Bible uh, and our own nature uh, and the fact that we are not glorified. Uh, we are not in a glorified existence currently. And so um, we've done abuse training in the past. Mm-hmm. So actually part of even the uh, the caring well, uh, I know the SBC kind of released something along those lines of caring well for those that are abused. So we've done some of those kinds of things. Um, knowing our role. So, you know, we are, we recognize that we're here to provide spiritual care, um, but we also recognize that we are not legal authorities. We're not, you know, we're not the criminal authority or we don't deal with criminal matters. And so God has ordained the state to deal with those things. And so we will be we will recognize that's just good theology, recognizing God has ordained the church for certain matters, and mm-hmm. he's ordained the state for certain matters. And so we would tell someone who is the subject of, say, a domestic abuse or, again, sexual abuse, uh, come to us and we want to talk to you. We want to pray with you. We want to counsel you. At the same time, go to the authorities. You know, yeah. In fact, we want to, we want to stand by you mm-hmm. while you go. Um, you know, we'll send a sister with you. We'll send, you know, five sisters with you and we'll be there too, you know, whatever. Um, it seems this is just my own, some of the abuse instances does feel like a, a bad, it feels like right there that you're kind of pointing at is where a lot of stuff has gone wrong. Like this is an internal matter. We're going to handle it in house and a reluctance to say, go to the police. Not your role. Like that. Yeah. Not it's your a, role. That's God. Really ha- I mean, again, taken seriously. Romans 13. Yeah. And other texts. Um, but uh, Nick, you preached First on Peter, uh, First Peter two, right? Yeah. Um, so God has ordained the state for that. Yes, the state can be fallen too, and the state can turn a blind eye too, and we we weep that at that. We do everything we can to change that, you know. But we recognize that God has ordained that. Yeah, um, that's good. Uh, counselors, I mean, we we've developed relation. Nick's done a good job, and and Ryan too, um, developing relationships with various counselors, and so we want to make sure we have male counselors and female counselors and no kind of even specialties and trust people. We have a high degree of trust in who they would recommend to. Um, I don't know, Nick, you may want to say I don't know, more about that. Yeah, yeah. So we, we try to try to maintain some of those relationships just because there are uh, questions that we have. Hey, what should we do? Yeah. Uh, and so we have great brothers and sisters that we can trust to tell us, hey, you need to have this conversation. You need to call this person. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're grateful for uh, people that, like we said, like Bart said, like, people that are more aware of certain um, steps than we are. And so we want to provide spiritual care, and we understand that involving these other professional counselors might be the best way to help us do that. So we try to try to learn from them. Well, you have, you know, sometimes finances is tied up in things like this, um, you know, and, and the, the sins overlap. Um, and so uh, we have financial separation, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, walls between, you know, who can write checks and who can – I don't know, Ryan, you could better explain, you know, kind of how we, Yeah. Um, I can't do certain things, you can't do certain things, no one can do everything. Yeah, and there's uh, multiple I mean, people who have access to pretty much every point of that, just so, yeah. to try to. Multiple sure non-staff members. Multiple non yeah. yeah, so we have a stewardship team upon which we have like, I guess, two elders, but then a lot of people who are, have no relationship to this church other than being loving, caring church members. Yeah. And then background checks, uh, we do, that, that doesn't cure everything. 
Um, but, you know, to serve in certain areas, uh, we obviously have background checks. That doesn't mean that someone, uh, I don't know, who made who, who, who sinned in some way at some point can't serve the church in any way whatsoever the rest of their life. Right. You know, that, that excludes God's grace. But, you know, part of repentance um, for someone, say, who has sinned in a certain way, um, let's say against a child, well, part of we would understand genuine repentance would be, well, you never, ever work, you know, um, with access to children. You know, I mean, that, that would just be, uh, we, and we would say, if you're not willing to subscribe to that or, or submit to that, rather, we should say, um, yeah. then we would say that's not genuine repentance. So it's just things like that that we try to build in and just recognizing that um, we're sinful and we, we should always be on guard and we should protect those. Uh, think about Jesus, you know, saying um, the millstone. You know, those that would um, harm children uh, in any way, spiritually or physically, it'd be better for a millstone to be tied about their neck. And so um, we want to make sure that we are protecting those that that Jesus um, cares for and cares for deeply that cannot protect themselves. And I just think so much of this, honestly, is a failure on a local church level. So we can talk about the national church, or excuse me, national convention, rather, Um but I just think a lack of church discipline, lack of serious regard for these things, where's the concern for God's people, God's name? Um, and I just think it's a it's a failure of actual local church polity, at least in this in this instance, a lot of times um, where it's just like, well, let's just let that person go, and um, where there just needs to be, you know, all the all the sirens blasting. Um, I'm sure I, I know you've gotten feedback re- relating to uh, not just grief and sorrow, but to our own cooperation with the SBC. Uh, you addressed that in your letter, I think, paragraph, yeah. and they're kind of looking at that. Anything yeah. further there that you want to elaborate on, just on Christ Fellowship Church's uh, cooperation with the SBC? I mean, I have just one line in there that probably bears some explanation, which is that we always evaluate this, um, but it's but it's part of our annual evaluation you know what's the best what are the best partners because really what you're doing when you're partnering with the SBC is you're really partnering for the sake of mission there really is very little reason beyond that yeah. um, at least the way we are currently structured and in terms of our uh, our friendships and things like that I mean we, we we have a pastor's fellowship or friendship that that goes beyond SBC you know and actually it has nothing to do with that Um so when we, when we cooperate with SBC, we do so for, again, sending missionaries, 4,000 missionaries around the world, planting churches uh, in needy areas here in America, and, again, uh, educating ministers, um, whether that's youth ministers or women's ministers or missionaries, whatever, pastors around the world with the seminary. So um, we're just really cooperating for that. For that. And so well, that's part of a larger conversation that we always have of what are the best partners. Um, so it's a hard call um, sometimes. Um, and I would just say, you know, you need to think carefully. We need to think carefully about all the ramifications. Um, and if it comes, you know, we're not SPC until we die. Uh, we should never be more loyal to any convention than we are to Jesus, period, full stop. Um, and so uh, the SPC this came into existence in 1845. Uh, it didn't come into existence in, I don't know, 33 AD or whatever, you know, whenever Jesus died and rose again. Um, so the world has, has existed, and the mission of Christ has gone forward. forward. Uh, 
without the SBC, and if the Lord tarries, probably beyond the life sh- the the shelf life of the SBC. Yeah. Uh, so, how is it useful? Um, and again, but but at the same time, I would recognize I would say there are many good churches and many good people and much good work being done. So we just have to kind of think through all of that yeah. uh, on an ongoing basis. And I would encourage you if you just kind of are dipping your toe in the water and you read an article, I would say don't just read an article. Reach out, especially if you say I'm just not really well informed. I read this and I'm just really bothered. Talk to one of the elders. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, talk to one of us um, who probably have more maybe background in some ways um, in an ongoing way. And, yeah. and I'm not saying we're experts or anything like that, but um, we'd be glad to talk about those matters. Yeah. I think one thing you said earlier too uh, just kind of helps me in my thinking about it. Um, but you said like uh, kind of how long it takes to get results, right? Um, yeah. So like each annual meeting is kind of like a moves the ball further down the road. Um, and as we think about this, for, for a lot of us, just kind of started paying attention to it here in May 2022. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it kind of goes, at least this subject goes back to at least 2018. And we're finally now, and so, uh, and then you even use the example of um, the conservative kind of turn in yeah. the SBC and how that's brought about such great scholarship from Southern Baptist Seminary, such great training of pastors, and how all that has taken quite a good bit of time to produce those sort of results. And so even as I think about this, like the knee jerk reaction that I completely understand is we got to, we got to get away from these people. Um, but to think about the speed at which change is occurring and the positive change that is happening relatively rapidly compared to a lot of things, I guess, um, is at least enough of a good reason to say, Let's watch and yeah. see what's going on. And there is another question of if you leave, where do you go? Yep. Right. And I think that's as important um, because well, you could say, well, we'll just be independent. Um, and I just think there's some there's some significant downsides to that um, that you have to wrestle with. And maybe you, you you decide that that's worth you know that's worth the cost, but it is something that you have to evaluate. And that's where I would say, as a church, pray for the elders. Um, because this is always a conversation, and um, we want to make sure that we do that prayerfully and carefully. And so, and pray for this annual meeting. Um, so, I think the meeting is what's the dates? What are the dates, Ryan? Oh, I should know. It's Tuesday. We'll make it. We will make it the prayer point, not oh, this Sunday, okay. but the yeah. following Sunday, so that it kind of puts it back on everybody's radar. So this is the week the, to be praying for that. The fourteenth and fifteenth. That's right. the Tuesday and Wednesday yeah. of um, in, a, in a couple of weeks. It's a little unfortunate that it's in Anaheim. Um, because it is very unfortunate, so expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so we were able to send 12 last year because a lot of people, I mean, obviously we just drove drive, up for a couple yeah. of hours, but that's just a different calculus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you think about, okay, we need to do flights and hotels and all there, that stuff. There were so. 17,000 at last year's. There are 7,000 messengers yeah, signed will, up right now just because of where it's located. It might get a 10 or so, I would think, but. Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Am I, I would eight, eight. I almost would think it would go down. It turns out who's registered and how many show up. That's yeah. possible. Because yeah. I, I guess you wouldn't have a lot of people booking yeah. late flights. Yeah. And stuff. So, yeah, seven or 8,000 is probably going to be the number. Yeah. Um, thank you both for, for talking and thinking through this. Uh, Good questions, Ryan. Just want to reiterate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that. want to re- reiterate what Bart said. If you have questions about this, like, this is not something that we're just saying – let's do a podcast so we stop talking about it. We're, we're happy to, to talk about that, to entertain those. And um, 
you can reach out to an elder. You can reach out to any of the, the three of us. We're, we're happy to email, get coffee, um, yep. do it and do what we need to. And do please pray for, pray for Jared and I, as we go, um, in a few weeks, pray for, um, yeah, pray for the meeting to go well. Uh, Lord willing in a, uh, I don't, I don't know. Summer is all weird. Everybody's traveling. So we'll see. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll come back and do, uh, start looking at the, the CFC podcast, believe, the CFC podcast of what we believe. And what were we start on that, Ryan? Um, I will either start with looking at the, uh, the triune God. We may end up doing, I don't know. I've got to schedule this out. We may end up doing just a why on earth doctrine matters type, uh, introductory to oh. what we're doing this. So I think we may end up doing that. Um, but one way or the other, whatever Ron tells us to do, uh, whatever, we just show up and talk. That's right. <laughs> um, but until then, grace and peace.